0: For fans of mathematical precision, we are now 2.74% of the way through the current year. But this is a metric that almost no one wants to hear. Yet this is a way of conceptualizing the passage of time, albeit one that may be premature, for 2023. Either way, you are likely about the same amount of the way through this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm Sean Tubbs, and I'm the producer and writer of these brief looks into some of what's happened so far this year. On today's program, Fluvanna County keeps Booker and Eager as Supervisor Chair and Vice Chair. Charlottesville City Council holds the first reading on readoption of the Comprehensive Plan. Another look at pre-filed legislation, including a watering down of penalties for passing a stopped school bus. City Council allows preliminary work on a potential nine-story building on Ivy Road to proceed. And Vio gets a 90-day extension to keep operating scooters and e-bikes within city limits. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, The Haven will host its first-ever community open house on Monday, January 30th. The event is free and open to the public. With the goal of demystifying their work and the experience of homelessness, this will be an opportunity to learn more about what the Haven does and why they do it. Stop by for building tours, small bites, and an informal meet and greet with staff. The event begins at 112 West Market Street at 6 p.m. with remarks from the executive director at 7 p.m. You can register for the event in a link in the newsletter. The first item on the agenda for the January 4, 2023 meeting of the Fluvanna County Board of Supervisors was to select officers for the current year. Moselle Booker of the Fork Union District served as chair last year, and Patricia Eager of the Palmyra District served as vice chair. This year, both of their seats are up for election in the fall. The audio for the meeting on the county's YouTube channel did not pick up the initial part of the meeting. But the recording begins as a discussion of who should be chair is underway. One supervisor noted that Eager has never been chair before, but she did not appear to want the position. And Mrs. Eager's never had the honor of being the chair either, so. uh, Whereas Mrs. Booker has. To Miss Booker. (laughs) Before a nomination was made, consensus was made that Booker would hold the gavel for another year. Here is Supervisor Chris Fairchild of the Cunningham District.
1: I'll make a motion that we make Moselle the
0: chair of the Board of Supervisors for the coming year. I'd I'll like second. to second it. Well I'm to ahead, ahead, it? i I'll do
1: it. Yes, second. Ma'am.
0: The motion passed four to zero with Booker abstaining. She then took the gavel from County Administrator Eric Dahl. And there
1: you go in the gavel. All right. Now what um, are you gonna do, Moselle?
0: Huh? Now what are you gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that um I'm I'm very honored. Um, I don't think there are any other words to say other than I'm very honored and I thank you. And I'll be here for the year to do my very best. The next step was to nominate a vice chair. Eager will hold that position for another year. Two women, look out, y'all. The Fluvanna County Board of Supervisors next meet on January 18th. Charlottesville City Council has held first reading of an updated version of the comprehensive plan that was altered in response to a lawsuit. The readoption did not come without changes. James Fries is the city's director of Neighborhood Development Services.
1: There's substantively two items. Uh, in fact, the adoption of the Climate Action Plan and amendments supporting manufactured housing as a form of affordable housing.
0: Fries said the second item brings the comprehensive plan into compliance with state law. That was one of four counts in a lawsuit filed against the plan in late 2021. Last August, Charlottesville Circuit Court Judge Claude Worrell threw out three out of four counts in the suit that was filed by anonymous plaintiffs. At the time, he said he would consider further arguments on a claim that public notice for the comprehensive plan's adoption on November 15, 2021 was not sufficient. This readoption renders that argument moot. Council agreed to put this second reading on the consent agenda for their January 17th meeting. More from Fries in just a moment. This is the penultimate day before the General Assembly Session of 2023, and there are currently 776 bills pending. How will that number change over the course of the next 45 days when legislators will be in Richmond? I shall try to cover what I can, but for now, let's go through some more of the bills that have been filed that may be of interest. Delegate Buddy Fowler Jr. would require that every city and county ensure that essential medical services are maintained throughout the entire locality. Currently, the law is more aspirational. Fowler has another bill that would eliminate the requirement that localities include a descriptive summary of a rezoning or other land use application in the required public notice. Delegate Michael Webert has filed legislation to allow law enforcement officers to refuse to give their address, telephone number, or other personal information in connection with an investigation. Webert has another bill that would extend the deadline for Virginia to comply with pollution reduction targets for the Chesapeake Bay from January 1, 2026 to the same day in 2030. Webert would also expand the types of property that farms could exempt from local taxation authority. Another bill from Webert would require localities to make live broadcasts of their meetings available. Delegate Tim Anderson is carrying a bill to allow small businesses to get a tax credit for child care expenses that they incur up to $300,000 per year. Senator Lionel Spruill Sr. has a bill to prohibit the use of blue lights for vehicles ranging from cars to scooters. Spruill has another bill that would require school boards to develop a comprehensive school counseling program. The city of Hampton Roads would be able to install traffic control device violation monitoring systems if a bill from Senator Mamie Locke makes it through. Another year, another bill from someone to study Virginia's continued use of daylight savings time. This time is HB 1483 from Delegate Joseph McNamara. Finally today, Senator John Cosgrove has a bill that would water down the law that allows localities to use video monitoring devices to catch motorists who illegally pass stopped school buses. Under SB 868, the penalty would drop from $250 to $50 and would not allow that violation to be used for insurance purposes. The General Assembly begins tomorrow, and I will cover as many of these bills as I can. Thank you for listening. You are listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in this second subscriber-supported shout-out, Charlottesville Community Bikes believes that bicycles can be a means of social change, addressing issues of equity, access, and inclusion. They provide free bikes to adults who need one and have a special program that provides free bikes to children. Do you want to learn more or support their work? Charlottesville Community Bikes is currently seeking matching funds for a grant from the OutRide Fund. You can go visit charlottesvillecommunitybikes.org to learn more and find out what they're rolling on. I don't know what that is. The University of Virginia Foundation has slowly purchased properties on Ivy Road for future use by the University of Virginia. The owners of one holdout property are now seeking permission from the city to develop their property as a private development. Here is James Friese, the city's director of Neighborhood Development Services. Uh,
1: so this proposed zoning text amendment was submitted on behalf of RMD Properties uh, and seeks to reduce the minimum lot size for the for a PUD, for planned unit development, within the urban corridor zoning
0: district. Friess said RMD wants a way forward to develop the one-acre property as a nine-story mixed-use building. This is one of the last remaining properties on Ivy Road to be privately owned, rather than be under the control of the University of Virginia.
1: Now I want to be clear that this pathway has many steps in it. Uh, this The action tonight is in no way uh, an approval of the project.
0: Friess said the Planning Commission would make a recommendation on whether this exception be allowed. The current rewrite of the zoning code is intended to eliminate planned unit development projects as one way to reduce barriers from proposal to construction. In the meantime, this request is active and falls under the soon-to-be-old rules.
1: Staff will be doing an analysis to understand the full implications of this proposed change and reserves the right to uh, develop a recommendation on the proposed uh, amendment.
0: In December, Fries said the review of the zoning code could be delayed if there was a slowdown in the legal review. Later that month, City Attorney Lisa Robertson resigned.
1: We anticipate sure. and we certainly hope that we'll be able to move forward in a timely manner with that uh, zoning ordinance amendment. Um, but in the meantime, um, PUDs do offer an opportunity um, for a more flexible approach to zoning that is uh, that could be consistent with our efforts under the comprehensive plan.
0: Freese said there will be ways to accomplish flexibility in the future zoning code. More on that in the future. But back to this project, which is directly across Copley Road from UVA's Emmett-Ivy Corridor, which will see a 214-room hotel and conference center, the Karsh Institute of Democracy, the School of Data Sciences, and many more as-yet-unprogrammed buildings. Council voted unanimously to send the request to the Planning Commission. Charlottesville City Council has taken action to allow the firm V.O. to continue operating personal vehicles across the city of Charlottesville. On January 3rd, they voted to extend the company's dockless mobility permit. Here's Ben Chambers, the transportation planning manager for the city.
1: This uh, dockless mobility permit is how we manage the for-profit scooter and bike share programs around the city. It's been around since 2019
0: there were previous vendors that have come and gone, and now only Veo has a permit. The company approached the city before the pandemic about changing some of the terms and conditions. They still want to negotiate those terms, but needed to extend the existing permit to March 31st to keep the wheels in motion. The key incentive
1: for the city to grant this 90-day extension um, and continue discussions with Veo is that this provides us some time to figure out how we can address Um, the community feedback that we've heard about this program, uh, particularly around parking, um, ADA issues, and safety.
0: Chambers said that would give the city time to hire a bike and pedestrian coordinator to administer the program. That position has been vacant since the end of 2021. Chambers said some of the community concerns are being worked out, such as parking, he said the University of Virginia uses Vio as well, and has worked out arrangements that can be copied by the city. City Councilor Brian Pinkston said his initial opinion on the scooters was that they are terrible because they're always in the way, and they're you know they're a safety hazard, and they're um, most people aren't wearing helmets, and they're in the way of sidewalks, and that does happen. I work at UVA; that, that's still an issue over there too. So. Um, but as I've, as I've spoken with people, there are many people that you know, this has sort of become an integral part of how they get around. Pinkston said his past year, being on the Regional Transit Partnership, has led him to realize the scooters and bikes are needed. But he said they have to learn to coexist with other users of sidewalks and roads. I do hope in the next 90 days y'all can sort of you know, cut the Gordian knot on how to make this work where people in wheelchairs aren't having to nego- negotiate um, one of these lying in the way. I always wondered if there's like a way to impose a fee or something on the user if they just drop it in a sidewalk. Council approved the extension 290 days. What's your experience with scooters or bikes? To longtime readers who may have followed me on Facebook and Instagram, I miss Scooty. But that's the end of this installment of the program, and it's number 482 for those calculating their abacus at home. I'm not sure if I've sufficiently stated how much the podcast experience drives each and every edition of this newsletter. Of course, if you're listening to it, I can just go ahead and just skip over this line because it's meant for those people who have not yet discovered the podcast experience drives each and every edition of this newsletter, blah, blah, blah. There is currently no visual version of Charlottesville community engagement, nor one that you can feel, smell, or taste. But when communications pathways open along those lines, I shall be glad to experiment. Those who pay for the work on Patreon are fueling my real experimentation, such as the emerging 5th District community engagement, which so far does not have an oral component. But the work is giving me new perspectives on what local government looks like across all 24 localities within the congressional district but there are now over 500 paid subscribers. And all of this has been done by word of mouth. And thank you to everybody who has worded through the mouth. I am hopeful this will continue to grow. And I really appreciate all of you who have paid for a paid Substack subscription. You are really fueling something I think is important. Selfishly, I just want to see how all these stories are going to play out. What would that nine-story building look like? What would the University of Virginia's response be? Will the ruins of the hotel on Emmett Street ever be developed according to the terms of the special use permit already approved for a nine-story hotel there? If you subscribe, the odds of me writing all of those stories drastically increase. And those odds are still pretty good because Ting will match your initial Substack subscription. That means an extra $200 for Town Crier Productions from yesterday's new founding member, who shall remain nameless, but thank you to that person really makes a difference i mean keeps me going and if you want to upgrade your internet provider check out ting if you sign up at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code community you will get free installation a second month for free and a 75 dollars gift card to the downtown mall now it is time to produce this thing while also listening to the nelson county board of supervisors and just basically really glad I get to do this, because one day, I'm probably going to snap and end every single one of these with a song. You are not going to hear that today, though. You're just going to hear me say, goodbye. Ding. ding, 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 ding. Ting. Thank you, Ting.